are raw and real mothers sharing our struggles, triumphs, and everything in between. We are all about being authentic and sharing who we are. None of us have it all together. We know how hard motherhood is. We also know how joyful motherhood is. We're here to grow with you. We're here to empower and support each other. As we share our hearts, we become stronger. Our stories bring us together. The mother heart is within every woman. Hello, welcome to the Mother Heart Circle. We are happy to have you here with us. We're going to talk from our hearts on the topic of anxiety. Not sure if any of you are feeling anxiety out there, but a few of us are. So we would like to discuss this with you. And we're going to take a minute to ponder on anxiety and then we will share our thoughts. time to think about some things um for me what first came up is I um control came up I'm a feel like I'm losing control Mm -hmm. like I'm scared to lose control I don't know if any of you are feeling like everything is out of control like out of my control I can't you know so that's kind of what came up for me being scared of losing control yep um, today I was experiencing, I guess, anxiety. I didn't identify it as anxiety because at first I just thought I was angry and upset and irritated. And then when I had some alone time in my car, I was like, after I dropped my son off, I was like, why? Why did I explode and project these awful words and feelings on my husband and on my children? Where did that all come from? And then as I was alone in my car, I had a few minutes to think, I'm just full, I'm anxious. There's something, I don't feel in control of something, and I'm, there's this fear. And that's where my anxiety is coming from, is this fear of things not going the way I was hoping they would go. Um, so then I got home, and I, I apologized in a way to my husband, um, and I said, I realized that I was acting this way because I was afraid that these dreams I have and these, um, that they won't happen. And, um, and it comes, and this is what the other thing that came to me as I had those few minutes in the car to myself was those fears are based on lies. They're based off of, untruths that I somehow subconsciously took in as a small child and the only way I could be heard was if I 
became angry and made known my fears and made known what I needed. And, and that's what, how I learned to be heard. And so here I am 20, 30 years later, and I'm still acting like I'm throwing tantrums, trying to be heard, trying to be seen, trying to be loved. And, and so then I realized, and I told my husband this and I said, so when I start acting this way, Jason, can you just tell me that perhaps I'm living a subconscious lie or that I'm believing something that's not quite right and that I need to identify what that is and then cross off whatever that belief is that's making me full of anger and anxiousness and cross that off and write truth down. And I said those words to him in an apologetic tone and he was kind of amazed. He said, oh, really? Okay, I, I'll try. You know, so because he doesn't want, and I don't want to act that way. And so I think it's important that we bring presence to our anxiousness and anxieties. And, yeah. Yeah, I've heard actually, um, Ana Maria, that one of the best ways that we can kind of relieve the, that tension or those feelings is by acknowledging like saying it out loud i am feeling anxious right now i'm just saying what you're feeling i am fearing feeling fearful right now i'm feeling angry right now i'm feeling you know um and the other thing that i learned recently i was um feeling angry and i and i got angry with my daughter about something i don't remember what it was and um and she was kind of worried about it. and i <laughs> I guess I had the inspiration to realize um, that that it wasn't really, I wasn't really angry. I was afraid that anger is a secondary emotion and that usually it's because we feel like we're out of control or that we don't have control over something or we're yeah. fear, fear, feeling fearful or anxious or whatever. And so then we react in fear or I'm sorry, in anger because of that, you know, deeper emotion, I guess you could say. And so a lot of times if we can just say, I am, I am feeling this way and it just acknowledge it. Sometimes that's all we need to do. And that, that can help us realize, Oh, I'm fear, feeling fearful right now. Okay. You know, and just accept that that's the feeling you're feeling. Um, another thought that I had as we were, we were discussing anxiety was just, you know, a lot of times I um, wake up in the middle of the night and I get this these anxious thoughts that are just kind of um, coming into my head, maybe about a conversation that I had um, with someone or like, um, yeah, usually it's a conversation or an interaction with somebody in a social setting. And I start having these thoughts like, oh, no, they probably thought when I said this that I meant that. And, you know, and I offended them or hurt their feelings or I made them upset and they won't be friends with me anymore. Like, I don't know if any of you guys have that. But like um, my mom calls her ruminating. And I my sister, I was talking to her the other day and she says she she has those same things. She's like, that's exactly what's been happening to me. Um, anyway, and so I've been trying to figure out what can I do to help help me with that. Like, you know, I usually I get on my phone to try and distract myself because I can't get those thoughts to go to go away. And um, 
a friend of mine, Jesse, she has a, her own podcast actually called um, Simply Resilient Living. And she does a great job. It's for military families. Um, but she was talking to me about, uh, about it one day and just saying how it's sometimes it's like, because uh, I said, oh, it's like a monster's inside my head saying these things. She's like, whenever you, whenever you say it's something unknown, that is scary. And, and we don't like that. Like, you have to say, oh, it's actually my subconscious. My subconscious is worried about me, wants to protect me. And my subconscious actually acts like a little toddler and throws tantrums and, you know, doesn't quite understand. So you have to, like, calm that subconscious down and just tell them, hey, it's okay, subconscious. I know you're afraid that, you know, this person is upset or whatever. I know you're of just trying to protect me or that you're worried about me, but it's okay. I'm just fine. And that interaction was great. You know, like, and that was really powerful to me. Just like treat your subconscious. A, it's part of you. Um, and B, like a toddler. And, and your subconscious is trying to you and help you feel better, but sometimes in the wrong way. And so if you can just, just like you would a, a a toddler having a tantrum, it's okay, everything's gonna be fine, and just help calm that subconscious down, um, then those thoughts can can start to subside. And that that, is, that has helped me in the middle of the night when I'm having those thoughts and it's just and won't go away to help me calm down that, oh, it's just my subconscious worried about me, but my subconscious doesn't have to worry, you know? So anyway, that was, those were a couple of things Thank that you. came to my mind. That was really helpful for me. Thank you, Janessa. That, I'll try those techniques when, instead of reacting on those emotions, I'll try to first say, I feel this way. Hopefully I can eventually get to the point of why do I feel this way? I must be believing this my instead of having the trust and faith in myself and in God that I can accomplish my dreams and I can, you know, move forward through life. I'm not stuck. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you guys have any thoughts, Charlie or Riley? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Um, I once read that a description of anxiety as ha like having the gas and the brakes on at the same time. Ooh. Right. <laughs> so I, I like kind of thinking about it that way sometimes. It's like, and a lot of times the, um, the underlying feeling, the gas is anger and sadness. And then the brakes is my fear saying, I can't. I'm not allowed to feel this way, so I have a place of judgment on on those those feelings and those thoughts. So yeah, just like <clears throat> like setting aside the the judgment and just like hearing it, even if it seems so ridiculous, like a tantrum or whatever, like just hearing it, let it all out inside my mind, like hear it inside my mind, or write it in a journal or something, <clears throat> get it all out. I'm writing all me too. <laughs> I'm writing and like my husband, he's like been doing this regularly and like with his therapist has told him to do this. Like just write it all out, write all your frustrations, crumble it up, tear it, burn it, burn it, whatever you want to do, get rid of it. 
after that, that way you don't feel like, oh no, somebody could see it. And then there's all, you know, the judgments come back to attack it. So you just like, okay, throw it away and I'm done. But get it out first. Mm, I love that. But a lot of times I feel like we're so busy in life to just stop and hear that. It's almost like that's how I treat my kids sometimes. I'm like so busy in life, I'm not hearing their needs, you know, sometimes. So it's like, okay, yeah, do the same thing for myself. Um, And then the other thought I I had was – like there is a lot of fear in our world today and that is affecting, like, I know it's affecting my sleep. <laughs> um, like I just wake up in the middle of the night, just like feeling really disoriented. And like, even if I had a good day and like that night I was, you know, reading my scriptures and, you know, just practicing a lot of, you know, positive thoughts and feelings is like still coming up. And I realized that I needed to make space for God's peace in my heart. And so, like, you know, we won't have this feeling of control. Like, I have control of my life and, and you know, I, I can do it. I, I don't want to have anybody else's help. <laughs> I want to be able to be, do this on my own. But, like, humbling ourselves. So, for me today, yeah, I kind of got to that place where I'm like, I am feeling really discouraged about the world. I'm feeling... Where's the hope? And I just, I didn't need something, even if it's just a feeling. And, and like shortly after I had that thought, as I, I sent that thought up to God, like it was shortly after that, that I just had this overwhelming peace come into my heart. No rhyme or reason for, you know, like, you don't, and it's like, I don't even need an explanation. I just need the feeling of peace that peace does exist. It can and does exist. And it comes from God. It comes from Jesus because he is the Prince of peace. And we can't have, you know, faith and trust in him because he overcame the world. He did. So we can trust in that, that he has the power to to give us peace eternally. I heard something really powerful this week. I was talking to someone about peace and she said, her therapist encourages her to reach and feel peace at least once a day. I'm like, so how do you really do that? <laughs> how do you really reach for peace and feel it? And she's like, well, I, I guess she said reach for it inside yourself. Because her therapist said the peace is already inside you. You don't have to go looking for it somewhere else. Um, you just have to calm your, just have to sit down and feel it. It's already there. And I find that I'm always trying to reach out and try to find it outside myself. Like, someone give me the peace. Like, but God is within me. I'm connected to him within myself. Mm-hmm. The peace is already there. But just try every day to at least fill it one side, one time inside yourself. I'm mm-hmm. like, that is a good That's homework beautiful. assignment. It is. Yeah. Shirley, oh. you're on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. You too. (laughs) So I just wrote down when we had our moment to ponder the things that have helped me with my anxiety. I've had a lot of anxiety um, in my past and I still experience it. Um, I've had postpartum episodes. I, I have a newborn baby. It's my fifth baby. And so I've definitely had a lot of practice. Um, with postpartum depression and anxiety, trying to learn and figure out what, what will help me. 
And um, I've definitely gained more tools with each child. And I'm really grateful that I've been able to use the things I've learned. And so I just wanted to share a few of the things that have helped me. So (laughs) the first thing is know your limits. So understanding my limits and my capacities and um, checking in on myself to see, am I pushing beyond my limits? Because us women are capable in theory or in reality, we're capable of pushing ourselves beyond our limits and doing whatever we need to do, whatever needs to be done. But the thing I've learned is not to push myself to that point. And, and not to say, I'm going to get this done because this is what I should be getting done as a mom, as a woman, as a wife, or as an individual. Um, instead saying, this is where I feel comfortable. And when I start to go past that comfort zone, that's when I know I'm, I'm going beyond my limit. So if I'm getting anxiety, I know my limit is here. And when I have a newborn baby, my limit drops. And, and so I have to be careful to, to stay within that comfortable zone and it doesn't mean that like I you know like discomfort is good in you know some extremes but I've realized that my my mental and emotional health is worth is worth for me leaving my house a mess it's worth um not getting as much accomplished in a day as maybe I would have before it's worth maybe I homeschooled not doing as much school that day as I would have, it's worth it for my children to see me content, um, to, to do a little less during a time when I have a newborn and our whole family is adjusting. And so recognizing my limits is one thing. The other thing is know your worth. Um, so, um, because I understand my worth when my limits are lower, I understand that it doesn't change my value. It doesn't change um, what I'm contributing, what I'm contributing, like my worth is not dependent on how clean my house is or on how much time I spend cleaning. The amount of time I, I spend cleaning is very, very little right now with a newborn baby, like very little. <laughs> and I have just learned to accept and, and trust my limits and trust when my body and my mind and my emotions are telling me this is too much to trust that and to just learn to honor those feelings and honor the experience I have now. I've been telling myself this is a time and a season and learning to be present with that and to appreciate what is in my time and season, to appreciate being with my children, being with my newborn, and to actually look at my messes and learn to appreciate my messes and see them for the joy that they are bringing to my children's lives, the books that are scattered all over my floor and the toys that are scattered all across and the food that spilled in the kitchen because my kids decided they wanted to pour their own milk. So I've definitely changing my perspective to align with my capacities instead of trying to expect myself to do what I know is going to be pushing myself beyond what I should be doing. And so, um, those are a couple of things. So with that, reprioritizing what's important. I kind of went over that. Um, deciding what really matters most and letting go. Letting go of what I think my agenda should be. And instead, turning inward and upward to God um, has helped me especially to really recognize what actually is important and what I can let go of. And for me, our society and our culture 
I feel like I've gained a ton of messages about what I have to do in order to like not be a bad mom. And 80% of those are lies. Like my kid's hair has to be brushed and put in a ponytail and nice every day. I have to clean my house every day. I need to cook a meal every day. I need a shower every day. I need to make sure I'm bathing my child every day and that she's dressed and changed every day. Sometimes I don't change my child. Oh, no. No, I just, you know, like sometimes she wears the same clothes for several days because, because that's just what happens. And somebody's going to like gasp because I just admitted that I let my baby wear clothes for several days in a row. If you're one of those people, welcome to the party. Um, but because I know like I'm nurturing my child, I'm feeding her, I'm loving her, I'm loving my children. And that's the most important thing. And so I've had to reprioritize based on my own capacities and everyone's capacity is different. I'm sorry, I'm on a big soapbox right now. It. But I just love it. I feel like I've learned so much about how to like not have anxiety, basically, because I've had such extreme, extreme anxiety in my past. And um and I've just learned that a lot of it is a huge part of it for me at least is expectations. And so I've had to your own expectations. Yeah, my own expectations. So I've had to completely shift my expectations. And sometimes I notice myself like starting to want to recreate those expectations and like, oh, well, now today, this is the day I want my house to be perfectly clean again. And as soon as I start trying to create those expectations, there's nothing wrong with having a clean house, but I know what my limits are. And so as soon as I start creating expectations that are surpassing my current limits and capacities, that's when the anxiety comes and that's when the anger comes and that's when the frustration and the outbursts and all of those uncomfortable things come. Um, so yeah, but I'm happy and I'm content and I'm enjoying myself and my kids when I'm living within, within my limits. So yeah, that's powerful. That's really powerful. Kylie. I think it is so true to like, you know, one of the biggest things is to control our thoughts and our, our own expectations. That's one thing that I've been struggling with, too, is just, you know, trying to control everything and, and you know, keep up with my own expectations. And I finally realized, well, nobody's coming over to my house to see if it's clean or not. Nobody is checking in on me, making sure my kids have clothes on instead of PJs all day. You know, <laughs> nobody's like nobody's doing these things like because it's the coronavirus when nobody's coming over, you know, I'm not going out. Um, what, so who, who is this that I'm worried about impressing with my home right now? You know, what it's myself, it's my own expectations that I'm putting on myself and, you know, and then beating myself up because I'm not living up to these high idealistic, uh, expectations. And so, I think, you know, I think trying to be better and to do better and to do more is great. But I like how you said that, but we have our limits and to be okay with if we didn't and, and not to like um, pin our, our value on whether we did those things or not, really, you know, um, I think that's, that's huge. And just accepting the situation for as it is and being okay with it. Um, because then, then we take that stress off of our shoulders. We, and we, then we get way more done when I'm feeling relaxed and like, Hey, it's okay. If I get it done, great. If I don't great, 
then I feel like I can actually move forward and I can get stuff done. It's when I put all these expectations on myself that I, that I block, almost block myself. And then I get angry because I can't, you know, get everything done the way I want to. So I think that's perfect. Thanks Kylie for sharing that. Yeah. Can I share one more thing? Is that okay? Definitely. Well, the other thing, one more thing I didn't say was, um, knowing your warning signs or your triggers, like recognizing what sets you off, what triggers you. Like for me, obviously I notice that when I start to raise my expectations above my capacity, I'm going to get anxiety. And so for me, the biggest thing is cleaning. Like I, as soon as I start expecting my house to be immaculate, it's like, bam, like, <laughs> like it's good to want a clean house. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. It's good to clean, but it's the expectation that my house should be and has to be this way that causes the anxiety rather than, you know, like, oh, I think I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to clean right now, or I'm going to teach my kids to clean right now. We're going to experience you know, taking care of our home rather than the home needs to look this way. And this is how my life needs to look. And this is how my life should be. Um, for some people that works because maybe their capacity for me, I get, I'm stressed if I'm focusing on cleaning too often, it does not serve me well for other people. It, it creates peace. It creates peace of mind and they can function better and um, they, their anxiety goes down, not for me. And so I've had to recognize that. So that's my trigger. So if anyone didn't hear that, cause it was a little fuzzy, Rachel, Tell me if I got this right. So you said you and your husband are opposites. So you're okay with a messy house and he like has to have it clean in order to be peaceful. I think my husband might be a little bit like that. We're kind of a little bit opposites, but yeah. We just learned to roll with the punches. <laughs> I think communication, that's when communication is so important to just be like, hey, look, I'm at my limit. I don't want to have a mental health breakdown. Like, this is how bad things are for me right now. Let me just really clue you in onto where things are for me. And I think that is so helpful in a husband and wife, a spouse-to-spouse relationship, to be able to communicate just really where you're at and say, I cannot do this. I know it seems silly. It seems like it's just a little thing. Like, for me, like, I know dishes is not that big a deal, but, like, I'm not there yet. Like, I'm not there to where I feel like I can be, like, doing dishes and cooking big meals every day. Thankfully, I prepared freezer meals before the baby was born. <laughs> That's been saving me. But just expressing that has helped us to, like, come to a better understanding of each other and be more compassionate. Yeah. One of my tw- triggers is um, trying to be places on time with all four mm-hmm. of my kids. And so I noticed that I become not a nice person when I am worried about being on time. And so, but if I like think, think ahead and start way earlier than I feel like I need to, and then just be okay if we're late, you know, like, you know what, it's more important to be kind and loving and to have us all arrive at church happily 
than to arrive there on time. <laughs> so, um, and so I still strive to like, you know, get, get us there on time. Cause I think that's also important. But um, if I am going to turn into this mean yelly mom, then I would rather be late than, um, than be that mean yelly mom, you know? And so, or just not even go because, because it's just not worth it. You know, I, I'd rather be kind than on time. So that's, that's one of my triggers and that, that I've noticed. Actually, that was one thing that you clued me into Kylie. Um, it was like that, that, that makes me feel really anxious when I'm like, Oh crap, we've got this deadline. We have to be there. And like, I need to get everything together and whatnot. Um, and I'm fine with working faster. It's when my kids are like, I put their shoes on and they take them off and then I put their shoes on and I take them off. You know, it's like, I can't control everyone and er everything. And so it's okay. It's okay. And just give myself some grace <laughs> that I tried and it's not happening and it's okay. So, Oh, I, one of the things I did before my baby was born is I signed myself up for therapy. Just knowing that I've experienced like postpartum depression in the past. I just really wanted to be proactive and I, I've loved it. I've gone to a couple, had a couple therapy sessions over Zoom and it's been super great. And I was actually talking to my therapist about um, being late because um, we were like, well, so what are the triggers? Like, let's talk about what the triggers are for me. And I told her one of them was that like being late, I feel like I'm like some failure if I'm late. And she gave me such a cool perspective. She shared a little bit about her mom. She said her mom is always late to everything. And she's just always been that way. And everyone's just learned. It's like almost endearing now for everyone. They've just learned to like love her for that's kind of her little quirk is she's late. And she always has a good reason. Like she's she's always fitting in extra things that she needs, whether it's cleaning the house or helping someone. And she said it's great because it's her gift. Like she's late all the time, but it's her gift because she's in the moment. She's in the moment looking at the present and now and always paying attention to the people who are around her. It's making me emotional because when my therapist told me this, I was like, this is me. Like I have such a hard time not being in the moment. Like when I'm somewhere present, I'm there. I, I'm not in the past or in the future. I'm in the present moment. And it's so hard for me to like think forward. And I've always beat myself up and felt like a failure for it. And when she said that, she was like, let it go. Like, just let go of it. Like, you don't have to be an on-time person to be a good person and to, like, you know, and to, for me to value, I can value myself as I am now with my strengths and my uniqueness. So I thought that was really cool insight she shared. So thought you'd appreciate it. <laughs> That's awesome. So thank you, guys. That was really awesome. I know I got a lot from that. And I hope those of you who were listening um, took away something and I hope you felt connected with us and thanks for listening. Thank you so much for joining our mother heart circle. Please send us your thoughts, inspiration, experiences, and stories. Your voice is important. Your wisdom and your hearts are needed. We believe in you. We love you. And thank you for being you.